I like the way that you break things down and make them understandable. You know, I really have to thank you for that um, because mm. I wouldn't be where I am now with him if, if it wasn't for you. Right. Yeah, this makes a lot of sense. And it helps a lot. Hi there, and welcome to Season 2 of Make Him Wonder. Lots of exciting changes taking place this season to help you fully become the Wonder Woman you want to be. That means living in 80-20. It's why I've created the 80-20 Wonder Club, a unique multimedia membership experience that will give you multiple episodes of Make Him Wonder the moment you join. While you can still listen via your favorite listening platform, you'll only have access to six episodes a year. That's only one episode every two months. But when you become a member of the 8020 Wonder Club, you get episodes of Make Him Wonder as they are released. No more waiting to listen and learn. You get never before access to me to ask questions and have a multimedia library of material at your fingertips whenever you want. Best of all, it's just 80 cents for the first month, so you can check it out. Make this your year to get real and get results. Become an 80-20 Wonder Woman so you can finally get everything you want. Go to the 80-20-wonder.club and become a member. You'll be supporting me to continue Make Him Wonder and giving yourself a unique opportunity to become the 80-20 Wonder you want to be. Go now to the 8020wonder.club. That's the 8020wonder.club. And I'll see you in the clubhouse. Sick of sacrificing or settling in your romantic life? Welcome to Make Him Wonder with Coach Paula Grooms, where women struggling in real relationships ask the expert. Unscripted, unfiltered, understandable coaching conversations to help passionate women succeed in love. Hi there, and welcome to Make Him Wonder. I'm your host, Coach Paula, a dating and relationship coach, licensed social worker, and author of the book, Why Won't He Commit? How a Man Decides to Make You the One. My guest today is 44-year-old Alejandra, who is back from episode 69 in season one to update us on all that has happened in her relationship with confirmed bachelor Jaden, who she met online. If you'll recall, when Alejandra and I talked back in late February of 2021, she had been dating Jaden for a little over two months. At that time, Alejandra was concerned that things may have moved too quickly and that she might not get the proposal and marriage she desired before the end of the year. Welcome, Alejandra. Hi, thank you, Coach Paula. So nice to have you back again. Thank you. And truth be told, we have been talking regularly uh, because following the podcast, we decided to work together to help you get the proposal you certainly deserve and that you desired. So I want to catch up the audience on that and tell our listeners what has transpired. Yes, thank you, Paula. Absolutely. So tell us, where are things now? Well, now, I mean, a lot has gone on, but uh, the most important part is we are engaged. Congrats, congrats, congrats. Yes, we worked hard on that, and you, you did such 
an amazing job. Um, yes, thank you, Paula. Um, but definitely it was, um, you know, due to your guidance that we were able to get there. We went through a lot of some difficulties along the road that were that I would not have been able to push through without your help. Well, thanks, but I, I really, uh, and I remember those hard weeks. There were some really tough weeks in there that I just wonder what you were thinking when um, I was kind of guiding you in, in what, you know, it's very easy for me to do being in the objective position I'm in, but being in it and doing the hard work that you did, which was, you know, not taking his tax and dealing with all that you dealt with. How do you view that now in hindsight? Viewing it in hindsight, of course, I'm really glad that I listened to you. Um, if it wasn't for what you were telling me to do, um, I don't think I would have been able to do it. It was so tough, you know, to really pull back completely and, um, and you know, go no contact and then just not just that, but then the whole play up until, you know, not, not seeing him at all until he actually came up with the engagement ring. So it was really hard, but I could see, you know, of course, I wasn't sure. I was like, oh, no, you know, I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. But everybody around me that was seeing what was happening, they were like, no, no, listen to your coach. Listen to your coach. She knows what she's doing. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. I, I mean, I'm really in talking to you now and thinking back, do you want to take us through some of the parts that, that happened and how it how it all began, because we started working together, and you guys were, were dating kind of just fine. I think you had met online, uh, what, maybe five months before that? So we met, possibly less than that, so we met in November online, but then we texted like for almost a month on and off before going on our first date in December. So it had been, a, you know, like two and a half months that we had been dating when we had our call. And And... You know, if you're if you're listening now, you may want to stop out and go to episode 69 in season one and hear our conversation in you know real time when that was going on and it was right before you know we uh, I had not talked to you before and then we decided to work together because I believed you could take this to engagement, albeit there were some things about Jaden that we were kind of concerned about, meaning that he was a confirmed bachelor in his 50s. And, um, you know, there wasn't really any signs that he was going to necessarily change that anytime soon. Would you say that's true? Yes, correct. Mm -hmm. So it was really a leap of faith on your part. Originally, I, I actually thought the relationship was pretty secure, but when you showed me where the um, possible falls were, including, of course, the fact that he had never been married, engaged, had children, you know, not done not, none of that his entire life, um, yeah, you definitely opened my eyes to that. <laughs> and you had been in a long-term marriage, or I think you had been married twice, is that correct? Yes, I was married for 20 years and divorced um, with two children from that marriage. And then I married very young at the age of 19, 20. And then I had a second marriage. And unfortunately, that husband passed away after a year and a half together. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I love your story because it is such a, a hopeful, wonderful story and journey. And because so many women in their 40s, they say, oh, my gosh, you know, um, it's too late or, you know, and, and even later. And it's just not. I mean, all the time I uh, come across and, and help women, too, get to, uh, I think you'll know in, in the program you were in, there was another woman there, that same thing. She had met someone who actually and believe it or not, he wasn't even divorced. And we took that to engagement in a very, very short time. What do you think was really the game changer and what, what you say you, you didn't think maybe of doing the things that I had suggested? What do you think really made the difference? You know, I think it's several things, and even talking with my fiance um, about things, you know, um, one thing that came up not that long ago, which I mentioned to you in one of our weekly uh, sessions, was that um, I had waited for us to become intimate. Um, and I didn't wait as long as you would have wanted me to wait, but nonetheless, I did make him wait longer than I think the average person does, but I didn't realize until I had a conversation with him about it. Well, of course, he back then even had a, a conversation with me about it, but like what was going on that we weren't becoming intimate, right? But then not that long ago, he told me that in all these years of being a bachelor, he had never, ever been with a woman that didn't become intimate with him by the third date. So that alone was like, Huge, obviously, the fact that I made him wait, uh, you know, like a month and a half. <laughs> but, I mean, okay, it doesn't sound like that much, but it was still definitely not by the third date. And many more dates than that went by. When it, was, it was definitely something that was a big deal to him from what he told me recently. And this is, you know, you're an example of what I talk about all the time, meaning that men, no matter what, they put women in one of two categories. You know I talk about all the time Freud's Madonna or dichotomy. And this waiting that you did, even though, you know, we could look at it. I, I remember talking to you and saying, you know, in the scheme of things, this was kind of waiting. Right, yeah. I mean, for him it definitely was. I was surprise considering that this wasn't even like a person that's like I don't know I just think of a guy that like is having sex with so many women would have been some somebody different this is more like a nerd person so I didn't think that he was having sex by the third date with the women all the women he had dated yeah isn't that amazing I mean it it's really telling but you know he was educated and uh, of a certain ilk whereby I'm sure he was with um, the same type of women in terms of that and yet um, I, I can imagine that and he was a good boyfriend correct he was a, yes. he was a good boyfriend to you yeah yes yes yeah then of course we had definitely a very bad turn of events great and I want to hear about that but before we get to that I want uh, you to say the other thing that you thought it was. In other words, you said uh, the, one of the main things was waiting. 
to have sex. And even though it was just like you said, maybe a month or a little over a month, that was waiting enough for him to put you in that first category. Yes, obviously, from what he's told me, for sure. Uh, what has he told you? I mean, just things that I hear come out of his mouth, you know, uh, just without me even asking sometimes. Definitely, I can see the category that he has me in. I mean, he knows. He's like, oh, no, I know you're not the type of girl that, you know, when, I don't know, some comment about some other girl, you know, I know when you're that, you're not the type that would be, you know, sleeping around or this or that or, you know, just examples of things that other people have done. And then he says, yeah, I know you're not like that without me ever having mentioned anything. It's just in his mindset, that's how he sees me. Exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's so, so um, par for the course. When he does ask me like about my history, um, I always tell him I don't think that's relevant to our situation. <laughs> you know, I don't. I think it would actually be hurtful. You don't need to know that. Wow, that's fantastic. That's really worthy opponent strategy, and he accepts it, right? Yes. I also though I know that I can't ask him the same and either the same. Like how would I explain it? I don't ask him about his history because that would open the door also. <laughs> so. You got it. That's exactly right. And you know what? It, it's not going to help you either. Right. it's the past. You guys yeah. are forging a new relationship, and all that matters is how you are with each other. And anything that he knows will lessen his wonder. And really, it is incumbent upon us to deal with that wonder, which is not really comfortable for us, but... Given the alternative, it's it's appropriate to do so. And, and as you can see, it works very well. So what was the other thing? Well, definitely, you know, I'm always very conscious, not as much so now that we're engaged, but and even though I'm still all the time, but definitely of um, not being the one that initiates. I still, even now that we're engaged, do not initiate texts unless it's something extremely important that I need to um, communicate with him or definitely I never ever call him even um, like if there I've, I have something that I want to share with him just that's not important I wait first for him to contact me and then I share it with him perfect yep very very important and overlooked a lot of times especially as things because now you've been engaged for how many months um, since uh, mid-May. And that is, for those listening, because these things are evergreen, it's probably a good almost months. six months away. Almost. Yeah. Maybe five months, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then also as far as, um, so like how, I, I know these are all things that I keep in mind, obviously, from what I've learned from you, from reading, you know, the rules, from all that. So, um but definitely, like, when we first spoke, I thought I was being rulesy, and I wasn't being as rulesy as I should be from all the things you called me out on. Um, and definitely, like, I don't even initiate either, like, be it in person or by other forms of communication. I'm never the one to initiate um, uh, it saying or displaying affection. So I always wait him to be the one, oh, babe, I love you so much or whatever. And they're like, oh, honey, I love you too. I'm never the one to do it first. 
Mm-hmm. Is that hard not to do? It, it's kind of, it, it just requires a little bit of consciousness, but it's become second nature almost. Like a lot of things, sometimes like I have the initial um, instinct to do something, and then I say no, hold it back to myself. But it's become second nature to that hold it back. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's in some ways it's kind of sad that we have to do that, but it's creating love in him, and ultimately, that's what it is that you desire. And from what I know, uh, from working with you weekly, you certainly get it in return. You get oh my God, I get it in spades. I mean, it's really incredible. I I sometimes will consciously be like, hmm, I want to go hug him or do something. And I'll be like, nope, wait, I'm going to wait. I'm going to stay sitting here in this other room. And before I know it, he's running over to where I am to come be affectionate towards me. So it definitely um, is the best way to, to do it. And I mean, it's like all the time, it's like gushing to me, to people about me. Right now, as we're on the podcast, I'm getting a message from him, you know, saying, I have an urgent need for one of your warm and tender hugs. So, yeah, but I wasn't the one who initiated, and I'm not answering him back right away about it, even though we're engaged. So, definitely, yeah. It's fantastic, and it's what it takes. And, you know, it's when we see how it works and I see it with women that I'm working with all the time, how it works, it's incredibly difficult to do. And especially if we're not used to doing it, how we have to turn it around and wait. Yes, for sure. Definitely. And, and it shows so much, even in the way he verbalizes things to me that he says, I've never, um, felt this way in a relationship. I ne- oh, he, he said to me, like, I've never imagined that it could be this good. And really, I'm not doing anything. It's him who's doing it all. <laughs> That's great. It's so great. So tell us a little bit about the story and the, the difficult part. So the difficult part was that... Um, Sometime early on in the relationship, he did something very bad, which he still is like apologetic about now. But anyways, um, I guess something that whether he's done it before or not, I don't know. But um, he just ghosted me. (laughs) He disappeared on me. And um, I started kind of noticing first that he was... uh, um, uh, going backwards a bit in his communications with me, and I, I was out of the country. I started reaching out with him to him because I was like, "Hmm, this is a bit strange." Even though I knew I shouldn't reach out, but I said, "I was like, this is weird." And then, when I definitely noticed it was something off, I totally cut it. And then we talked about it, and he did not reach out to me. Well, then he reached out to me, but just something random. I did not answer it back, which was just like a happy holiday of the holiday that there was back then. And um, we then went into a lot of, uh, in our sessions, we also spoke privately, uh, you and I, Coach Paula, and um, 
you know, you really, I, I was going through such a difficult time. I was crying. I was like, oh, my gosh, what happened? He was not reaching out to me at all. He just completely ghosted me. And then that went on for approximately, I believe, two very difficult weeks where I didn't know what I was going to do because I thought the relationship was going so well. And um, I couldn't believe he didn't just disappear on me like that. So finally, you said, okay, we got to do something about this. And you helped me craft a wonderful letter that um, was really like, um, I mean, if you want to, I don't know if you want to say what the, you know, some of the details of the letter, but um, it was basically a goodbye, um, but it was in a way also, um, what was it, like informing him that, you know, this had been wonderful and I really had seen it that it was going to go the distance, but, you know, now goodbye. And then he wrote to me the next day after that, after that letter was delivered to him and he said that he did see a future with me and that um, if I would be open to speaking with him. When we did speak, we got together, we went on one day to speak. But if I can interrupt you there, yeah. um, it I, 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 I'm somehow remembering that you didn't answer that right away or something of the sort. You know, I really don't recall. I think I waited to speak with you. Yes, Pro probably. Yes. Um, and then yeah. I remember him coming to you a lot trying to get your attention. Well, what happens is that then we went on a date, I don't recall, maybe the next day after, we, and then we went on the date, which is where he told me, he says, look, I definitely want a future with you, which I thought was odd, and then he says to me, he told me what he did, which was he brought a woman to live in his home, but that he says there was nothing between them. It was an ex-girlfriend. Whatever crazy story really doesn't matter to me. And what what the reason was, whether he had something. He said there was nothing between them. doesn't really matter. Irrelevant. Mm -hmm. um, and he says that if I was willing to be open to us continuing the relationship, that he was offering me an engagement, which like totally like like shocked me. I couldn't believe. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this man has only known me for like two and a half months and he's offering an engagement. Really? Wow. Okay. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then that was when obviously we spoke and then you told me, okay, you cannot. He's going to try to, you know, get back, see a way that he can get back with you. So we went, I continued, I was, you know, you had me um, declining his dates declining everything he sent flowers to my house asking me on a date and it wasn't until he actually said that we were gonna go you know he was like okay x date I'm planning something for us which was you know the engagement I de deducted it was obvious from what he said so about um it was like another like a whole month and a half I think before we actually got together then and he then proposed to me. But I really had to hold back because you kept, I kept on, he kept on doing everything possible, um, texting me all day, um, telling me things, and seeing if there was a way that I would go out with him. But until he actually said that it was going to be to get together for the proposal, um, you didn't let me go out with him. <laughs> and it worked, you know. He rushed to get the ring, so... It's so interesting because 
you know, sitting in my seat, it's so easy to say that. I mean, I know it. I know that men are formulaic about it. I know that in instituting what I call my lure him in uh, strategy, which is a program of mine, that it works like nothing else in terms of getting a man to get to his deepest feelings and make a decision and you did it completely and I, I can imagine that those weeks were so incredibly difficult for you but you really somehow and that's I guess what I, I always wonder about is how did you have that kind of faith in it um, I had faith that it would work because from it's funny because exactly us as we all know as women when we like someone it tends to not work out and when we don't care for somebody they go crazy after us so I knew from my two previous marriages honestly that I hadn't really paid attention to these two people and that was what got them to commit to me so now that I actually was with someone that I really wanted to be with, I said, you know, I've got to bite the bullet and do it this way. And, you know, either it's going to work or it's not going to work. I mean, I, I, I know that that's how it works. It's just hard. If I didn't have you guiding me and holding my hand through it, um, it was very easy to take the wrong step because even he was being so nice and wanting me to go out with him. And you said, no, if you go out with him again, you're going to wind up in his bed again, and he's just going to continue until he does this again to you. Because in his case, more, maybe not so much in another man, but he's just going to try to, you know, not get the commitment until he just makes that decision, obviously. And I did ask him later, if I would have gone back with you before you gave me the ring, would you have given it to me so quickly? He says, no, <laughs> that he wouldn't have. You did it textbook, and it... It was uh, certainly a gamble to one degree or another. And what I find most interesting, and this happens a lot, you know the saying, you know, it's always darkest before the dawn, uh, those types of things, you know, um, in, our, in our world, like sayings like that, that those two weeks that he just ghosted you out of nowhere was really another sign that he was wrestling. And you see, the worthy opponent strategy, which is really what you enacted, was that you were not going to take that kind of behavior. It's significant in getting the man to see you as the, the prize that he's going to win. And then he did everything in his power to, to, to get what it is that he wanted. But if you hadn't done it that way, he wouldn't even have connected to what he wanted. Does that make sense? Yes, totally. Yes. And you did it. And I just, I give you, you know, a lot of, of praise for that uh, because I, I know how incredibly hard it is to do. And I think you hit on something. There's an old saying, um, those who pay, pay attention. And I think what, what that means at its core is that when you hire help in whatever it is, you're going to more likely do it in the way that the 
the person who's helping you uh, recommends um, just by, you know, it's our very nature. Well, I'm paying for this, so it must, in other words, you know, you, you pay for a lawyer, you take his advice. You pay to see your doctor, you take the medicine he prescribes, most generally, right? Yes, correct. It's the same idea that uh, you know that someone like myself wouldn't really be in business unless they were getting results and knew something that would be helpful and give you the best chance of winning. Yes, and, and actually it's funny. I just wanted to add in, like, there's so many people that I know, friends and just people that I've met, be it because I don't know if I'm maybe uh, comes up and I've been shopping when I was, you know, getting everything together for the engagement party and all that. And um, so many people have recommended to you, like, that are now following you. I can see them because I see who my friends are that follow you <laughs> on Instagram. And, um, you know, everybody's always like, I even have one of my best girlfriends just uh, texting me while I was out. She's like, oh, you know, our friend, it's a male friend. She's like, you know, he knows that he, it's his fault that he's having problems with women. And it's like, but I told him he can get help for that and that, you know, um, our friend, her coach. And I'm like, um, I don't think Coach Paula coaches men, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, like everybody like, knows and that how things are working for me with you. And um, and people even come now for me for advice about things. Like I have a girlfriend now that she was having problems, but she's been pretty much chasing the man she's after. And she just told me yesterday, she's like, you know what? I'm listening to you. I've come completely no contact with him. <laughs> mm, and how's it working? Um, well, so far he, he hasn't come back, but it's only been a couple of days. So we'll see what happens. But I told her, look, either he's going to, if he's really interested, he's going to come back to you. And if he doesn't, it's because he was never interested enough and good riddance. I always say, you know, when in doubt, wait him out. Because just like what you alluded to before, we all know it as women. And we've all felt it. Whereby it's the men we want least that come for us the most. It's just an ironic twist of nature that unfortunately it's kind of in the favor of the male of the species uh it's because we as women are much more particular we don't see men as the puppies in the world like they see us uh so it's 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 really incumbent upon us to do what we need to do with the men that we like and it's exceedingly difficult but anything worthwhile in life, I mean, here you have really from what I have heard in terms of our sessions and so forth, this is really a man of your dreams. I mean, basically, yes. And and every day, honestly, he like sweeps me off my feet more. I mean, he is uh, – I we had spoken in the previous – in the original podcast, I was looking for a hypergamous relationship, which is – basically marrying up above one's social status and class to say it sounds weird, but <laughs> that's what it's called. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely um, that's what I was looking for, but not just that. You know, I, I wanted a, a high value and high quality man um, that I was going to be his queen, and that is what I saw in him and I knew he was capable of and every day it's more like that because of 
the way that the relationship is moving forward. I'm so, so happy for you. You really deserve it. You've, you've done the hard work. It has paid off in spades, and I, I just couldn't be happier for you. It's why I do what I do, and um, it, it just gives me the best the best feeling. You're so deserving, uh, like all of us are. But when we do this hard work, it's even more, um, I guess, even more delicious in the end. You know, you, you really worked hard, and it, it's paid off beautifully. I'm so glad that uh, you now can go forward and, and are even helping others through just seeing you as a, um, certainly an example of what can happen when you do it in the quote-unquote right way, so to speak. Yes, and still, you know, this work isn't done. <laughs> we still haven't uh, got into the marriage part. So even the fact that, um, you know, as you know, you're having me not move in with him <laughs> yet. So, and everyone is aware of this and knows why, and they're all like, just do whatever Coach Paula tells you to do. <laughs> Well, it, it's true because, um, you know, the uh, we want everything to go really, really well for you and not um, thwart any of these steps along the way because you are incredibly close to the marriage. And, you know, when you think about it, if your marriage is going to be for a lifetime, you're going to have plenty of years together to be living together, right? Yes. And, you know, yes... It's it's interesting because um, many people listening will be saying, well, wait a minute. You also say, Paula, that you uh, certainly can move in with someone once engaged. Again, I take um, each case by case. And what I mean by this is that I'm looking at this particular man, given his age, his status, the fact that he's never been married, the fact of the, or I should say the facts of um, how this came about um, with what, seeming, what seems to be a 180 degree turnaround for him overnight, which it really wasn't, but what I mean by that is that we don't want to push things beyond his acceptance of them. Even though he's saying, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, Alejandra, that he, he wants you to move in with him. Is that right? Oh, yeah, for sure. So there is kind of your, if we look at things in terms of like, and, and again, men do this, and why I call it my worthy opponent strategy because men look at things under the framework of sports, challenge, competition, conquering, and you're setting yourself up as a worthy opponent because this is one thing that you are holding out on until he comes forward with, is that the actual walking down the aisle? Is it the date? What is it for you? Well, it's the at least setting a concrete date, like as in we reserve the place and have it, you know, pay the deposit kind of thing is what, and for me, I'm holding out for, mm -hmm. which is what I think is the appropriate, if I'm not correct, right? 
Well, I, and think my, it, I think it is, and I think it can even go farther than that because I don't know how far out you're going to set the date, but we want the wonder to be there on some level. And as you know, that, I mean, you've been married twice before, that things change once you get married. They yeah. just naturally do. And so, like I said, if you think about this as your lifetime of commitment, there is no rush to move in together. And you will have that lifetime together. And if he's just that tiny bit of wondering, now I don't want you to do a bait and switch. In other words, if you've told him, I would move in with you after we set the date, you know, you, you certainly can. Um, but it could be that you still keep one foot kind of where you are. In other words, like um, knowing your situation, and I won't divulge much about that, but that you could maybe go and spend more nights and have things there at his place or whatever. But a few nights a week, you could still be spending apart from him prior to actually walking down the aisle. Is that correct? Um, well, no matter what, it's probably going to be like that because I will at some point be spending time in Europe. And he says that he'll probably be spending one week there with me and one week back in the U.S., back and forth. He'll travel. So it just naturally might happen like that either way. Wonderful. Wonderful. And, and that's really great. For those, you know, who are in this situation, um, it's a, to one degree or another, you know, it's kind of what I recommend because there is no rush to be spending every single night together. And if you don't hold something back, uh, the wonder is harder. And, and we can say, well, wait a minute, um, you know, people stay married for, you know, for years and, and hopefully forever. How do you continue with the wonder if you're married? Well, it's a little harder. You know, any access to you lowers wonder. And so it's why I, I work still with married women who want, you know, to just up their game, so to speak, to keep, uh, like I talk about the, the mechanics of the whole thing, well-oiled. And that, to a great degree, is just making him wonder. So if this is... Um, you know, par for the um, the course, so to speak, in the future that you guys are going to be spending time away anyway, well, fantastic, great. You don't have to maneuver anything, It really. It's just going to naturally occur. So any advice for, you know, anybody that might be listening and thinking, oh, my gosh, it's just never going to get there? Like, for example, your friend that maybe it started out in an incorrect way, it can happen regardless. I know that. I've worked with women who have made that happen and it can happen. But from your vantage point, any advice um, you can give? Well, I'll say something that I think is really important. And that goes back to your um, concept or, you know, what you write about as far as consumers and buyers. It's all kind of irrelevant if the man is just a consumer nonetheless. So in the case, for example, this friend of mine that called me yesterday to tell me this, from everything she's been telling me all along, the guy's a consumer. Mm -hmm. So 
I don't want to tell her, but I really don't think it's going to work out in the end. Um, well, I've kind of sort of subtly told her, but um, it's just not a good situation for her no matter how you look at it. So it's just to her benefit nonetheless to fall back. And I don't know any of the particulars, but, you know, I say to a, a couple of things. If he's already made a decision, for example, if he's married and you're seeing him, the the chance of that is almost nil. That's like uh, betting on one number and throwing the dice on the roulette wheel. It can happen, but because the man has already made a decision, even if he's not in love, this is all in, in you know the last chapter of my book, uh, you know, why a man will cheat but not leave his wife. Uh, and that is because men live by their decisions. They feel it is the right thing to do. And no matter, only 3% of men who have affairs will ever leave their wife for the woman with whom they're having the affair, even if they're in love with that woman. And that's simply because men live via their decisions, not their feelings. Now, if the man is is not married, the, the odds are a little bit better, but it's going to be harder with a man who's showing you that he's, and I don't ever recommend, if, if he's coming up on the consumer versus buyer relationship test, which anybody can take uh, by going to uh, willhecommit.com, uh, if he's coming up as an ultimate consumer, your chances are just incredibly low. Now, a mixed messages consumer, your odds are a little bit better, but it's going to be all about what you do. And again, it's going to take a lot of hard work, time, and that may or may not be depending upon uh, where you are in your life, your age, whether or not you want children, all manner of things. It's going to be what you decide to do and how long you decide to wait. And as we know, time alone will not do anything to change a consumer into a buyer. But when you do the right things coupled with the right time, you do have a shot of moving a man up the scale. So there's my, there's my kind of diatribe on, on consumer versus buyer in, in that respect. You know, you want, sometimes our wants are wrestling with what we know intellectually. In other words, our heart versus our intellect. That happens a lot. Uh, so it, it's just going to be, um, I always believe, you know, it is helpful to even just get an evaluation from someone like myself and you can decide whether or not you want to really go forward with it with a, a mindful approach to see if you can move him up the scale. And then, you know, you let things uh, play out and they will reveal themselves uh, okay, Coach Paula. Well, I mean, obviously I'm looking forward to my relationship continuing going as well as it is. And again, you know, all the credit to you, even as you say I put in the work, but I couldn't have done it without your guidance. And hopefully we will get eventually to that marriage. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And thank you so much for doing this today and catching us up. I know the listeners are going to be so happy that you did this because when one of us uh, have this kind of win it it's kind of for all of us as women because 
it's it's we're all a collective and it gives each of us uh hope hope for the future and and knowing that there are possibilities and that through just a little uh mindfulness and following there's an order to things that it can happen so again i thank you so much for doing this today thank you coach paula Absolutely. And uh, be well and Godspeed. And I can't wait to hear. Maybe you will come back and and update us on uh, the wedding (laughs) and uh, give us all that good news, too. Yes. So, so nice to have Alejandra back from episode 69. If you are interested in hearing her story and that episode that started it all. Many women who work with me actually just came on the podcast to get my thoughts and feelings, and um, then we end up having a great conversation, and uh, more understanding takes place, and we uh, start working together. Alejandra was so ready. I can't say enough uh, great things about her in terms of her willingness to do what it takes, because we know things are not always what they appear to be to us when we are emotionally involved. Very hard to see the forest for the trees. <laughs> and um, commitment is important for us. And that means really setting our sights for the end result setting our GPS, and that's what my GPS program is all about. Because we are the mechanics of our relationships, when we are the mechanic of the man that we're with, we can really go the distance. And then it's not only us that gets what we desire and deserve, it's actually the man getting what he really wants and needs as well. You know, men look to us as women to direct them in relationships. And men do best in committed relationships, really committed relationships, marriage. Studies show that married men are much healthier and happier than those who are single. And men deeply desire the connectedness and the purpose, marriage, and having their best friend, remember, He sees you as his total package, confidant, sexual partner, everything, his best friend, all of it. While you may not see him as your best friend because a female best friend is what you know and have. You have that confidant. Um, He needs that from you. And it is important that you provide that. And if you're not actively directing your relationship onto the right path, your Mr. Right could end up walking out of your life. I'm so glad that did not happen for Alejandra. And as she said, it could have easily. Again, episode 69, take a listen to that. And if you haven't, make sure that you take the consumer versus buyer relationship test on the man that you're with so that you can see where he is if he's in the state of being a consumer or a buyer, a la my, my book. I hope you get that. 
to get started if you haven't. Again, you can be listening here for the first time, or you can be actually uh, someone who uh, has been listening for a while. If you have, I know you will want to join the 8020 Wonder Club. It is up and going, and if you don't know about it, it's a club I created for wonder women like yourself. You know, I talk about being an 80-20 wonder because love, like life, is best lived in 80-20. We want to strive for 100% of what uh, gets us what we desire and deserve. But if we strive for 100%, we usually live in the 80%, and that's what does the trick. So... You can go to the 8020wonder.club, that's the 8020wonder.club, and you will understand how to become part of the club, what the club is. It is a, a wonderful place to get all the episodes as soon as they come out, because you know now uh, on your regular listening platform, you are only getting one episode every two months each season. That's only six a season or a year, however you want to look at it. And in the 8020 Wonder Club, you get them all the time. As you know, it takes a lot to continue to make a man wonder in the small yet significant ways that make the difference between heartbreak and success. I know these discussions and coaching conversations help you and it's why I created the club, because you can also have a lot more than just the episodes. You will get them all in a, in a categorized uh, place so that you can actually listen in terms of uh, age and the um, thing going on in the relationship, like uh, it's a divorce dating or uh, getting an ex back, and you get multimedia content from me, you get a chance to ask me a question and have it uh, here answered. And when I say here, I mean, um, yes, on the podcast, but I might also be answering you specifically and, and helping you on your journey. That's what this podcast is all about and the club goes even deeper you get another evaluation and you get my book and you are just uh really much more involved and it's that kind of involvement rather than just um what i call shelf help and listening here and listening as an observer rather than actually getting in deeper. As you can see from someone like Alejandra, when you do the work, it pays off. And that's what I want for you. So I'm glad you were here today as part of this. I hope to see you in the clubhouse, the 8020 Wonder Club. That's the 8020wonder.club. And until then, and as always, for any man in your life, remember to Make him wonder.